Hey, what's up, everybody? Nick here, Michael here, Walkins. Welcome. That's what you're listening to. We're all about helping you grow your medical practice. We want you to get more patients. We want you to deliver better care. We want to help you retain those clients and have repeat visits, and we want to help you scale your clinic. What's up, Michael? Yeah, and I'm excited because this is part two of our ser- pastor right. series. That's right. <laughs> yeah, our pastor series. So we're going through a series. This is the second of three parts, uh, all about your front desk marketing. And, yeah. you know, sometimes marketing is very practical and it, it's very easy to understand that I'm marketing by asking for a review or asking for a referral or mm-hmm. running an ad or, you know, it's, yeah. it's very obvious. But sometimes marketing is passive. <clears throat> sometimes marketing is just doing the right thing and garnering respect through those processes. Yeah. Right. So today we're going to be talking about high stress situations. Um Navigating high high pressure situations. I said high stress, but high pressure situations. I mean, so, they kind of go hand in hand. If you feel the pressure, you feel the stress. Well, so it's it's been my experience, Michael, that the more pressure I'm under, the more opportunity I have to shine, but also the more mistakes that I'm capable of making. Well, like, and I think too, um, I think there are certain mindsets that benefit from pressure, right? Like they they perform at their peak at, under pressure, right? But, I, but now I'm rethinking my, my statement of pressure and stress is the same thing. They're really not. Pressure is an opportunity to succeed. Stress right. means you've already lost, and now you're under stress. <laughs> There's definitely a situation where they're like you're crawling out of a hole. And we're going to talk about some of that today because high pressure and then stress that ensues from high-pressure situations um, is a great opportunity. Like I said, you have an opportunity to shine and build that 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 patient for life yeah or you have an opportunity to get that one star review that's coming soon after they leave yeah and that, and that is so real and uh, we have some clients that they must be under high pressure right. we have right. some that just leads or i mean uh reviews are a thing oh it's a real thing but kicking us right out is like help me identify a few high stress high pressure situations right out of the gate i'll start um a freaking pandemic that's a high stress, high pressure. That was just situation. a high volume situation, yeah, right? Like exactly. there was no. We we were actually have we had a meeting with one of our local urgent cares that we work with, and he was talking about you know, back, shout out to Doctor Junkins. Yeah, Doctor Junkins. He's been on this podcast. So he was talking yeah. about back in the COVID days, um, he had to move hours from shutting down at 10 p.m. at night to 8 p.m. because there was so thick with uh, patients, his people wouldn't get him get home till midnight and then right. they're right back at it again by seven in the morning. And he's like, it wasn't the way to live. And so like he had to recognize that and make adjustments. So sometimes, you know, these high pressure situations can be, uh, you know, it's the result of the environment that mm-hmm. we're in. And other times it's just the result of bad process. And then you just let it happen. Right. You know, that I've seen that before. Well, so that's another one though. Like let's let's talk about that. We just talked about like a major pandemic that we may or may not see again in our lifetime, right? I hope not. I, I, I hope not too. My, but. My, our, us millennials We've seen too much. I feel like Bill Gates is planning the next one, though, if you ever I mean, listen to do a talk. <laughs> like, we were in middle school, high school for 9 yeah. 11. We were graduating, going to college in 2008. Then the pandemic happened. It's just like every 10 years, something, something's going on. And, and so, you didn't get the benefit and pleasure of living in the 80s and 90s. Like, no, we, we hear about this wonderful that. music that's now 40 years old. It's crazy. <laughs> like, we enjoyed it. All right, so you you just brought up a good a good thought. We we talked about you know kind of a peak like event that caused all kinds of pressure, right? That, that you but really you just, can't control. Like, but you just simplified something though 
that a lot of clinics don't have in place, and that's processes and procedures, or at least they're not readily available to their team. Yeah. Right? So that can cause a high-stress situation. Not having a process or a procedure in something. Not knowing what to do. And we had a good conversation. It's, it's going to come out on one of our podcasts. I wish It'll I could probably come one. after this one, I think. But, yeah, it could be. Uh, so stay tuned. But we, we talked with our good friend Jonathan, who is an AI expert by mm-hmm. all accounts. Yep. And he talked about you know training chat GPT, who everybody listening to this most likely knows what that is at this point. But training chat GPT, like feeding it all this information about your clinic – Yep. Right. And letting it just on demand have an answer for you. Like, what is our procedure for a, a, a frustrated patient? Boom. Here's our procedure for that. Yeah. And I, so one of the and this is how it is with any type of data. And that's one of the beauties of AI is you can have all the data in the world. You can have all these procedures written down somewhere. But if they're not easily accessed or easily like observed, you, you won't use them or you won't make a good decision because you don't have the data in front of you. So, and that's the thing too, you think, think, think about your clinic, think about how you train your front desk. Mm -hmm. How often do you retrain? How often do you actually like say, Hey, let's take a situation and let's talk about it. I, did you train them the first month and then they just went off to the races and said, bye, you know, like we, we, I got, I got this mentality. Mm -hmm. And then six, nine months later, we have a nice little pop-up of a high pressure situation and the person forgot their training or just did not do what you would hope they would do. Right. Um, I, like I used to work at a bank a long time ago. And so like we went through all the, how to, what to do during a robbery. Um, and it's very fascinating what you do. But at the end of the day, like the mindset was get the robber out of the bank. Don't lock them in there with you. Right. right. So that's a high pressure situation. And the key For is sure. being calm. Like at the end of the day, being calm and Falling back on what you know is supposed to work. Because when you, and this is what we all know, if you're able to make a decision about something without the stress of the situation upon you, it makes more sense. But when you're making a decision as a reaction to that stress, chances are it wasn't the best decision. It was a decision, but not necessarily the best one. So I'm going to have a lot of pilot stories today. Oh, yeah. I'm going to prepare you Because that's life and death. Yeah. I'm going to Within like, Seconds. I'm going to prepare you right out of the gate that that I'm going to have pilot stories today. And it's very relevant to stressful situations. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we just put a new engine in the plane. And it's a unique engine type for our plane. Yeah. And I'm up at 5,000 feet testing the engine for the first time. And we have an engine out failure. Yeah. And what you, the reason I bring that up is for what you just said. All of my training kicked, kicked in, in and I was calm. <laughs> no, my passenger wasn't like my safety pilot. wasn't. I was not the passenger. No, no, no. <laughs> I had a, I, like one of the co-owners of the plane was my passenger as a safety pilot. He wasn't near as calm as I was, but I was the pilot in command. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can't even really explain to you the level of stress that came along with that. Right. Yeah. And I didn't even feel that stress until after all the event was over. But the point was, is, all of my training kicked in, yep. and I landed safely with no issues at all. It's one of my best landings. And then when you land, you go, okay, and I what, got out of the plane and almost threw up, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, literally couldn't talk and then walked all the way down the taxiway 
by myself just to like collect myself. <laughs> right? like, okay. But none of that happened in the moment. No. All of my training kicked in for that. So anyway, having SOPs in the back of your mind, trained consistently, I'm constantly training myself, right? Well, your and, clinic should be doing the same well, thing. Well, and you and the doctors, you guys have to have uh what's it called? The education continuing education right. always going on. Same thing with your staff. Like you should re educate them on high pressure situations, how to handle them because there will be, the whole point of training is giving the person the right tools and resources for when the moment comes, not if, but when it comes, they do what they're supposed to do, and it, be, and it diffuses the situation very, very quickly. Because, like Nick, if, if you were if you've been a pilot for like twenty years, and but you never like re- refreshed on your training, you just right. kind of kept the license type of thing. When that popped up, some of your procedures have been gone because you didn't rework them in your mind a little bit right so no doubt i mean like i said life and death up with a plane right because you're 30 to 60 seconds away from a really bad day if you didn't react to it properly so again more pilot right <laughs> um but but i want you to think about like i i immediately went to my abc checklist or my abc mentality for mm-hmm. an emergency landing a airspeed b Best place to land, C, checklist, D, declare emergency, E, emergency land. I've already learned it, Yeah. right? And it was now time in a stressful situation to apply that. So, again, I'm going to stop talking about that for just a second. Well, I like the ABCs of high pressure for medical, right? Well, what are they? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, for your clinic, there should be a system in place. Like, I can tell you – I'm not going to now, but I can tell you the four Cs of account management at our – at our company, uh, right? Yeah. So I can tell you what those are, and our client success client success managers should know what they are so that they can communicate effectively to our clients basically in any kind of situation, yeah. right? So uh, high-pressure situations, obviously pandemic, or let's just talk about it, seasonality. There are peak seasons, right? There are SOPs in your business that you need to know for situations um, of, of patients coming in. Mm-hmm. Right. So SOPs, standard operating procedures. What are some other uh, stressful situations? Billing can be a stressful situation when you did it wrong and the client's pissed at you. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. or, or just any type of, honestly, because when people are coming into an urgent care, any medical, there's usually something wrong. Like they have, they're sick or their child's sick or their spouse is sick or whatever. And so they're already kind of stressed. Right. And then, if you present something to them they were not expecting, be it a bill they weren't expecting because or you ran their blue cross and it came back denied because mm-hmm. it's old and they didn't renew it because that that happens um you got to be prepared for that and you got and the, here's the thing if you try to match the energy of the person, you're gonna lose every time no doubt you have to be the lead energy in terms of staying calm and and complacent because the reality is, you, if you can't control a situation and you let the customer control the situation, the customer is going to lose too. Not win, but they will also lose right. because it's going to end badly. Um, and at the end of the day, it's going to hurt you, the person that's doing the job. It's going to hurt you because now you're in a situation where you didn't do what you're supposed to and you reacted. I mean, we've had clients like dealt with that before, right? Like we've had previous employees that – Match the energy of a client or went away on the high side, and we're like, Hey, you need to chill out, go home, right? Come back the next day, that's you know? right. And, and that's just real, like, that's a real thing. We're all dealing with life. I mean, right now, you know, inflation's a big deal, a lot of conversations around that, and so there's extra stress 
there. And so it's, it's hard to stay calm with everyday life going on, but you have a job to do and you have an opportunity to do what you're supposed to. So just remember that, like that, that person up front is influencing what's happening. We're talking about how, you know, we talk about marketing all day, but like if, if they screw up, it doesn't matter how good we are. They ruin that person's day. Well, and we also want, you know, you to be able to provide amazing yeah. patient experience. So uh, understanding how you respond to stress is a key. Like for me, I shut down a little bit during stress. Or, you know, if I'm well-trained, I'm dialed in. But if I'm not well-trained, then I shut down, right? Mm-hmm. Some people get angry. Some people just bury their head and get after it, right? Like, I'm just going to go fix a problem. That's going to deal with the stress. Some people get high blood pressure because of stress. Anyway, understanding how you react to stress. We're uh, 12 minutes in, and we haven't moved on to our next point. <laughs> Sorry. So we're we're going to do that. All right, so the next thing that I want to talk about is time management and efficiency. Okay, so this breaks down into prioritizing tasks, streamlining your workflows, and leveraging technology that's available to you. This is especially important into a high-pressure situation, right? Yeah. So – um, imagine being a front desk person who's responsible for checking people in. Maybe they're responsible for taking all that information and inputting it into their system, mm-hmm. making sure that everybody in the back, the nurses and everybody are notified that you're even here, right? Making sure that all of their charts are pulled up and their files are pulled up if you're on paper, but having everything pulled up and making sure that it's ready for the doctor. You have all of these things, all of these things going on, and it just immediately reminds me of task saturation. Yeah. But, okay, so so I have a story. Um, and this has just been, I'm very fascinated by this because we're in 2024. Why am I still doing paperwork? Mm. Why is it not being done on my phone or inside a portal? And this is where it gets better. So I had to go to a specialist three weeks ago. They said, Hey, we're going to mail you your paperwork. I'm like, okay. That's weird. Never got it by the way. And, so your uh, paperwork's out there floating around. Uh, well, and thankfully it's all blank. But um, never got the paperwork. So, but I got an email from their portal said, "Hey, go ahead and do an e check in to fill out all this stuff." I'm like, okay. So I filled it all out the night before my appointment because my appointment was the first thing in the, like eight o'clock next morning. I get to the place. Obviously, I've learned this now. If you set eight a.m. appointments, you get the real flavor of the office because you're the first one there and they're not ready for you. No, and it is right. hilarious because every time I've done it now, they're always, ah, so-and-so's not here yet. I don't know. I don't know how to do her job, but I'll try. <laughs> like literally that, that's the conversation I've had a couple Somebody's of times. running late. They're dropping their kids off. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know where they are, you know, that type of thing. Anyway. So I, I do the e-check-in, do all the stuff. I get, I go to the doctor next day and, um, this is the situation. The check-in lady wasn't there yet, so the billing lady was there. And she said, I don't do check-in, but I do billing. What's your name? Okay, I see you in here. I need you to fill out all this stuff. I said, well, I filled out a bunch of stuff online. She said, mm, I don't see that. I don't think we actually use that. I was like, where did my crap go? Yeah, it went to somebody. <laughs> it went somewhere. to some portal somewhere. And then she hands me, and she hits print, and she hands me, it's like, 15 page intake. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, and I was going through checking and about half of it. I did through the e-check-in and the other half I'd never seen before. So like, there's a huge disconnect because it could have been, Hey, I got your paperwork. Good to go. Some pass to your doctor. We'll get you in just a minute. Like that's how it should have gone. Right. Cause I give them my insurance. I give them everything. Like there's no reason for me to do this. other than let me give you my driver's license to prove who I am. Um, it's just amazing because she had no idea. She's like, I don't know where this stuff is. Mm-hmm. And no one even – and she handed that clipboard like that's a standard thing for them. So I'm like, let's 
What's going on? So efficiency, because she was stressed because that was not her job at that moment. And she was trying to answer a phone call, talk to me. Somebody had an actual billing question. She was trying to adjust for that person. The other person hadn't shown up yet. A little bit of pressure. I didn't really care, but I was just fascinated by it because like my part could have been very simple, but it became difficult. And then she accidentally hit print like three times. And so that printer was stacking with paper. It was about 60 pages in a print. <laughs> I was like, what is this crap? So <clears throat> then that brings us to prioritizing tasks, right? Mm-hmm. What is the priority in everything that you just said? In terms of like, I don't know. You just said a whole lot of stuff. What was the priority? Like, if we're going to take everything that you just said, what should they have prioritized as far as their task go? So I think my opinion, the person standing in front of you. Okay. Uh, I agree. You're patient. The person in front of you. Next is the phone call. And now this is where you should probably have a system in place where it goes into a hold mode for you. Sure. So you can pick it up and not just infinite ringing because infinite ringing is just discouraging. Um, then it goes to after that, any paperwork that needs to be supplied. Cause what she could have said was, hang on, I'm going to get your paperwork printed. I'll call you back up in just a minute. Right. That could have been, but she didn't, I just stood there and she's just sitting there scrambling. And then I, I watched the printer fill with paper. I'm like, oh, I was looking at, I hope that's not my paperwork. And she, she just took a handful and, and stuck it on a clipboard and gave it to her. I was like, well, I hope it's all the same. Like, I hope it's not like a repeat of itself. And it wasn't. I'll, I'll give her credit for that. But um, no, it was just unnecessary. Like, And the other person finally showed up, and so she disappeared. But the other person didn't do anything. <laughs> so right. it's just, well, all, all back to everything that you just said is there, they, there was no priority to the task at hand. No. Like, I've got a patient here. I'm trying to answer a phone. I'm trying to enter in some kind of billing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to do it all at once, and it just falls apart, especially when you're missing a person, right? Because yeah. there's no prioritization. Streamlining the workflows. I know I'm going to do everything I can to get my patient served first. Then there should be time set aside to bill. Yeah. That's time set aside. You can time block in a in an urgent care. You can time block mm-hmm. in a clinic. All right, and then making sure that you have some kind of system in place for those phone calls. Again, that's a patient on the other end of that phone. That's going to get a priority over a billing issue. Yeah. I know you want to get paid, and if you prioritize this properly, all of that is going to get taken care of. Again, all back to marketing through your front desk by being organized and and having everything in place. Very quick. I'm in my instrument rating. Right, more mm-hmm. airplane stories. Um, one of the things that I was that I was doing while flying the plane is my instructor was pushing me through task saturation. Oh yeah, yep. To the what's point, your name? Yeah, to where he <laughs> asked you your name. Like you, he's put so many tasks on you that when he says, "Okay, what's your name?" and you look at him like, "What?" <laughs> right? You can't even say your own name. That's how many tasks they put you. Through. And all I, all I can imagine is a SpongeBob episode. We threw out his name. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so um, that again, I failed that, but I learned something. Aviate, navigate, communicate. Aviate, navigate, communicate. There is a system in place for me to be able to manage my task saturation. Do you have one at your clinic? I have to fly the plane first. Right. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that I have all of my instruments in front of me and I have the plane under control. Once I have the plane under control, then I can start worrying about where I'm going. Right. Once I know where I'm going, then I can communicate to everybody who's trying to communicate to me through the microphones or people on the plane. I have an order of importance for my tasks. Aviate, navigate, communicate. Now, what is it for yours? Patient first. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I'm going to start with that, right? And so then I'll ask you the next question. Is billing the next thing you should be paying attention to? I have no idea. So in my head, I just came up with patient, communicate, paperwork. There you go. So the PCP of uh, prioritization for your front desk. I love it. Talk to your patient, communicate accordingly, then do the paperwork. Communicate to your team, paperwork less. And, and paperwork can mean a, a multitude of things. Yeah, that yeah, could yeah. be data entry that the doctor needs. That could be coding for billing. That could be a, a number of different things. But the point I'm trying to say is, like, from a marketing perspective, you got to put your patient first. That's what they're going to remember. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, it, and we've said this before, a, a patient or like myself, we're way more chill if you communicate with us what's going on, and right. we're not just sitting because. Like I showed up at that place at seven fifty, seven forty five, and door was open. So go in, and I I sign my little name, whatever, and they call me up and went through this whole mess. I didn't see the doctor until like at an eight o'clock appointment. Remember, I didn't see the doctor till eight forty. Um, Twenty minutes of that was filling out paperwork mm. and waiting that you had already filled out. Yeah, and so then when I saw it, like, because I thought, oh, I'm. Because I, I shoot for the early mornings because usually I'm the first one and I can get in and out pretty quick. That's what happened to my MRI. It was super fast. But um, I didn't leave until 10. Right. And the spent time with a doctor, 15 minutes. I mean, he was great. Um, and and it was I, I learned a lot. But It reminds me of cooking. I'll spend like an hour cooking food and everybody will have devoured it in like eight minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Like, and then my, and then I'll spend just as much time cleaning up afterwards. Just, or, just know, don't do what my dad does. I said, if I can eat, if, I, if it takes me longer to cook it than eat it, I don't want it. Uh, I'm like, mm, well, that's microwave only. <laughs> you would have never survived in the 1800s, right, or or before. Well, let's let's go right back to that for just a minute. Like prioritizing your task, streamlining your workflows. If you have processes in place for you to do that, hey. And you like maybe you have an employee over here or a team member that you immediately hand their information over to, and they do that data entry so that you can focus on your patient. I know that's hard to do when it's just one of you, but it's very rare where I walk into any medical facility and there's not two people sitting there, you know, having a plan for that. And then you have all this technology in place, utilize it, put solve in place where they can go in, put clockwise in place where they can have their EMR or Athena, where they can go online and give you all of that information before they ever walk through the door. That's leveraging technology. Yeah. Follow up as well. Text messages, review requests, like leverage that. A QR code at your front desk to ask for a review is so much easier than you having them pull out their phone. And oh, and we have something fancy we're going to be bringing to the UCA for reviews too. Shameless plug. Yeah, we're, for the UCA people out there, come by our booth. Yeah, we have something booth. very fancy that we've uh, purchased. We didn't come up with it, um, but it will – greatly increase your review opportunities. Right. Um, anyway, so that, that does remind me about the utilizing your systems because the weird part was when I got to the nurse practitioner to do like my intake inside the little doctor's room, she had questions about stuff from my previous visits for my primary care that I did not fill out. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, what about this, this, and this? Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. So she had access to my stuff. I'm like, what am I doing here? What is happening right so now? There was, and so to me, that's that classic two systems aren't talking, and right. sometimes it's two people not talking, mm-hmm. and one's doing an old way and another one's doing a new way. I bet that happens a lot. Oh, I'm positive. <clears throat> All right, moving on to our next segment. We're going to talk about dealing with upset, pati- uh, upset patients. Again, 
I know you're trying to make the connection to marketing right now, but how you handle negative situations, I've had negative situations that have been spun around and turned me into a great customer long-term. Okay. Honestly, we did that recently with a customer. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Tell the the story. So we had a, we have a customer right now. He just upgraded yesterday to lots of things, which is cool. Talking about Jared. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know what you're talking about right now, but go for it. I'm excited about this story. Tell me more. (laughs) Who is this? Yeah, who are we talking about? No, we have a client, um, not medical, by the way, but we had goofed up uh, uh, basically how a lead got into his system, didn't catch it for like a couple of days. Poor training on my part. Yeah. But I fixed it. It's all good. Uh, Everything's good. But it was negative, right? Like he lost potential money. He was a little upset with us. He was, we were still pretty new with him. We're mm-hmm. like, mm, not good. Uh, we worked some things out with him. And then, um, yesterday he upgraded, he brought all his companies to us and we're doing everything we can with him Yeah, and he loves us. And yep. so that could have been you're fired to double my money with you. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for sharing that story. I, I don't even mind going into the details. We were doing lead generation, and we forgot to connect it to his system so that he got notifications of these leads. And 30 days went by of leads generated for him that he never communicated with, and it is our fault, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing I did is I owned it. I didn't make an excuse. I didn't blame it on the employee who actually had dropped the ball there. Again, due to poor training on my part, mm. right? I'm again, I'm owning it, right? Um, I, I let him know, hey, what do I need to do to make this right? And he told me, and I did it because it was within reason of something that I could do, yeah. right? Um, and then now we've built that trust over, I don't know, three to six months now. Right. Not even that long. Right. So building trust, showing our work, showing what we do. Sending him a toy. <laughs> Sending him a toy didn't help <laughs> or didn't hurt either. Um, but that you're right. And and then Grace, I'll just say Grace, had managed to, to be able to turn that round into like a raving fan. Oh, yeah. He loves working with us. We love working with him. And he loves working with Grace. Like, that's right. It's been a good thing, but that's the reality of it. Like there are opportunities. You can never look at a bad situation as a negative situation. There's opportunities inside of the situation. Right. Either you learn from it, you gain from it, but you never just say, well, that was crap, and then you move mm-hmm. on. Because if you don't learn from it, and it may be a very, very tiny lesson, but every lesson adds up over time. Right. Because if you look at where we were four years ago to today, a lot of lessons learned. Right. And there are a lot of standards we have now in place. And I know that could be the same for your medical office because what you were doing the first month you were open versus the fifth year that you're open, it's a whole lot different. So let's talk about some situations that would make patients upset. I'll just come out with one. I know you can talk about billing in just a second, but um, I remember going to the emergency room one time and we were sitting there for a long, long time, right? And we kept seeing people come in and go straight back. Oh, that's the that's the worst, right? We, you see it. You're like, what the crap, man? I've been sitting here for like five. Like, hours. This isn't a restaurant with reservations, right? exactly. And we can talk about that analogy as well. Mm-hmm. They took the time to make a reservation online, save your spot online because you're using Solve Health or some technology, right? Okay, that's another story. Anyway, shameless plug there. Uh, point I'm trying to make though is like that front desk person took the time to come out, me with my sick kid, and and let me know. They said, hey, I know you see these people coming back. I know you see that, and I know it's frustrating. Those people are very, very sick and need immediate attention. And yours, I know it sucks, and I know you don't feel good, and I know it hurts. But these people, like, it's life or death for them, 
and it's just not the same level of urgency that we have there. And I know it's frustrating, but I wanted you to know that I'm acknowledging that you're seeing this. I'm acknowledging that it's happening. Just the fact that they came out and communicated with me eased the tension that I was feeling. Yeah. Right. And it all, if we could sum up with this episode, please communicate. Yeah. Period. Like just like, communicate. Give you another quick example. Uh, we were at a restaurant one time, totally different situation, but we were sitting there and we had ordered first and we're watching all the people around us get their food. <laughs> And finally, that's the worst. After about forty-five minutes, the server came by, embarrassed, and said, "I forgot to plug your order in. I forgot to plug your order in." Hope he comped it. He did. Yeah, he comped it. He apologized. He owned it, and we we went from being frustrated to totally fine because they did right by us. I've had that happen a few times where so, you watch the food go by, and, you're, and then you're like, "All right, it's been thirty minutes since I ordered." And then they had the oh crap moment on their yeah. face, and then you have a free dinner, which I don't mind, right? I don't mind paying for a free, getting a free dinner because I sat for thirty extra minutes, right? But the worst would be, I'll get your order in right now, and you still get a bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not and, coming and back. No, no, no effort to make it right. So let's let's take it to a, a clinic. You, you, they didn't hit your insurance like they were supposed to. Oh gosh, or so, or so, so or go they, with that for a second. <laughs> They didn't hit your insurance like you're supposed to, or they completely coded it wrong, or they ignored your secondary, or they made it feel like it was your fault. Yeah, oh yeah, and and this is so because the reality, like I, I've been learning, because like we have secondary here, and that like that kind of throws people off sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have more insurance, like yeah, um, and I don't like I had one experience where like they just completely ignored it or just mm-hmm. put in a bunch of random numbers. And so I call them and say, like, no, it's supposed to be this. Da, 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 da. And then, oh, okay. So then it wakes another three months to process, whatever. Right. But um, no, like just at the end of the day, there's so many things that are happening from an information standpoint. It's so easy to make a mistake. And it, you need to communicate and just own it. If you just own it half the time and just say, like, I, we, we kind of screwed up, but we fixed it for you. I've, I've had more positive experiences after owning my mistakes. I Again, I know we're going a little long, but I'll give another story. Uh, I was driving with my family too fast. I got pulled over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got pulled over. This was some holiday. We were at the river, right? I was in an unfamiliar area. I was on a straight highway that should not have been marked 30 miles an hour. It should have been marked 55 miles an hour, which is how fast I was going. Mm -hmm. It's a four-lane freaking highway. That's where I am right now near my house. It's four-lane, and it's 35, and a cop sits there. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is stupid. It's four like anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off that for a second. I'm gonna get off. Feels like a trap, but whatever. It's a tryout. Anyway, there's not a car in sight. I get pulled over, and I I knew I was speeding. I knew it. And the cop pulled me over, and he goes, "You know how fast you're going?" I was like, "I know exactly how fast I was going. I was going 55 and a 30. I totally botched it. I'm sorry." And then to make matters even worse, I had forgotten that I wasn't in my car. I was in my dad. So I didn't have my insurance with me even better. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, to make a short story long too late, right. Is, you know, I owned it. I didn't make excuses. I didn't get mad at the officer. I just said, this is my fault. Just let me know what you need from me. It's my mistake. He goes, you know what? It's a holiday weekend. Uh, thank you for not making a scene about this. Please slow down. Y'all have a good time. By the way, let your dad drive since he has his license and his insurance with him. We switched seats and the, and the officer let us go. And all of that from just now, I'm not going to say it's going to work every single time. There's a greater like, I chance. No of work. shot. If I said, what is your problem? I wasn't speeding. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Did you know how fast, 
69. Show me your radar. <laughs> Show me your radar. That's a quick way I, to I get so many TikToks of these motorcycle people arguing with cops. I'm like, you screwed up. You just you know that. Yeah. You're just you're just cutting the video to make yeah. the cop look bad. I know, I know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, all, all that to just say, like, I I own the problem, and because I own the problem, if I know it's my fault, I'm not saying own every problem, especially if it's not yours. I don't think the customer's always right. I don't believe that. I don't subscribe to it. All right, but when it is my fault, I own it. All right, let's keep going. Let's wrap up. Best, pre- best practices for I thought high you said Bass Pro Shop. I did. I said Bass Pro Shop. Um, best practices for high uh, high pressure situations. Two of them, man. One, tell lots of stories. I've done that today. Too many, right? Yeah. Tell stories. Talk about that patient that came in and that you messed up, and, and that like you messed up even the situation. This is why, we, y'all. This is why we got a one star review. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this patient came in. They were clearly pissed off about what we did. We didn't own it. We didn't do it right. From now on, we're going to fix that. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to like they're not wrong. Like right. you, it, you build the wrong insurance. That's your fault, not you, theirs. Doctor A, you were a butthole that day. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like you need to learn. Man, we don't have a Doctor A with us. I, I don't know. We don't You're have a Doctor A. Doctor okay, Do- A. Doctor B. Doctor X. All right. That's better. No, like, I mean, because that's something that we've talked about. I, I, I wish there was extensive training on bedside manners for doctors for because sure. there are some doctors, they are wonderful at what they do, but they're a cringe to yep. talk to. And we even had that with Courtney when she had something going on. The anesthesiologist was, anesthesiologist was so not bedside manner friendly. Like, you could see him physically get frustrated with Courtney's question, and then he just Left mm-hmm. like we we said this um, okay and just walks away and then a new one showed up and I'm thinking to myself I'm gonna get billed for him anyway because he was walking in a stupid room <laughs> and so yeah that's how it goes it, it just amazes like doctors your people you have stress I get it we're people too your patients and at the end of the day if you didn't have any patients you wouldn't have a practice so be nice to your patients um, right. when we look at all the negative reviews it's it's like there's three options. Really terrible front desk person, really terrible uh, doctor, or the communication was just way off, or slash the diagnosis was not what they wanted. Or sometimes it was just a really terrible patient. Let's add that in there, too, because we know that some people just suck. They're looking to sue you. They're looking for drugs. Yeah. We know. We get that. Uh, Because I was reading some of the negative reviews on one of our clients, and it was straight up like, Okay, no, that, that patient was a drug addict, and they were looking for something. You weren't going to give it to them because you recognized that, and you got them out quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, they're going to put out bad reviews. And, and if you're ever curious, like, you want to question – if you question yourself, you're like, I think we did everything right, here's a little quick tip. Um, go to that review, click on that profile, and you can see all the other reviews they give. And there are some people that are just out there to terrorize people. Right. So just – if you get a really nasty review, you're like, there's no way that was us. And you go check their stuff. You're like, oh, they just hate everybody. And so sometimes you need to train that way too, where you say, hey, I saw this come up, but I recognize it. Because that's the other thing, because the, the last thing you don't want to do is that you have, if you become an owner that automatically blames your team for everything mm-hmm. and doesn't like look at the whole situation. Because there are time here, times here like we screwed up as a team. There are other times. Customer really screwed up, and there's no way we're going to fix that for them. So I just, and we have to always recognize that there's a bigger picture. There's not just one side. You got to look at both sides. Well, guys, just to recap, it's been a heck of an episode. We've gone a little long, but I think it was worth it, right? So understand, you like identify what those high pressure situations are in your clinic. Okay. 
figure out your time management and your efficiency. Put in those acronyms that we talked about, right? So ABCDs of, of urgent care. Patient, are, communicate, and paperwork. Patient first, communicate next, paperwork last, okay? Uh, I love that. And you know what? If you have your own, write into us and let us know what they are, and, and we'll talk about it. And it's PCP, which people could like primary care physician or – Patient, communicate paperwork. There you go. All of that. So time <clears throat> management, uh, dealing with the upset patients, right? Have a plan for that. And you have a plan by telling lots of stories of, of here's what we've done in the past. Here's where we've messed up. Here's where we've done it right. And then have training and preparedness. Make sure that your team has a plan in place that they can fall back on. Make sure that training is in place that they can fall back on so that when the pressure is high and the stakes are high and the frustrations are high, the, the training kicks right in. And you don't even have to make a decision. It's already made for you. Cool. Take us out, Michael. All right, guys. Thank you all again for listening to this. This is part two of three, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll have one. We'll have a final episode related to this pastor series I call uh, related to the front desk. We're Excited to have for it. And also coming up, we'll be at the UCA uh, yep. in April 2024 in Vegas. If you're part of the UCA, come visit us. Love to talk to you. Uh, we'll be having some giveaways and stuff like that. So it is coming up in about a month or so. So excited for that coming. And then if you got any questions, hello at patientcaremarketingpros.com. Please send us your high-pressure situations that you resolved or you didn't know how to. Love to bring those to the podcast and kind of showcase, like, this is what people are up to. So we'll catch you guys on the next one. Have a great week. See you next week.